Well, how are you folks? Jolly good to meet you. I heard a lot about you from, uh, guess who? David Hall. What a rat bag. Sorry. I can't believe you've let him in here. It's my son. He's a good, he's a good lad. He tells stories. And don't believe him. I'm going to get these out of my pocket. My wife always says, get stuff out of your pockets. Jesus, it's good to be here. How many are glad? I'm a bit beat up. Here I'm, you know, as a preacher, we get a bit beaten up. And it's a bad testimony, but I've just finished six weeks in America and everything's aching. I've flown so much. I got home, went straight and preached two sermons the next morning, flew to Brisbane that night, flew home, and I flew back here today. I'm living in aeroplanes and they make you ache. Whoever invented them. No, they're handy, but anyway. Why am I telling you this? My throat, I've been all day, I've eaten so many things, lollies from my throat, all that stuff and praying over it. And so hang on to God. If it gives out halfway, just by faith, we'll keep going with no noise. Yeah. Amen. All right, thank you very much, folks. Take a seat. Don't take it home, they're pretty expensive. <laughs> Probably heard David say that. My son talks much of you, Pastor Bro, and uh, Sister Bro, <laughs> and, and all the bros. And uh, what a mighty job you guys have done. Fantastic. Well, I, what am I going to do? I'm supposed to be here to preach, aren't I? What I'd like to do for just two minutes is show you what we do. You don't know me. I used to be, everyone used to come to David and say, Are you Tim Hall's son? No, yeah. You Tim Hall's son? He'd say yes. Now they come and they say, are you, are you um, David Hall's father? I said, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's humbling, it's humbling. It's humbling, but I'm proud of him. Would you like to see what we do? Yeah. It's just a two minute, we write with it, Chris. Where is Chris? Well done, thank you, Chris. All right, thank you. Let's go, it's just, it just shows a little bit of what we've done, what we do. 40 years we have had the thrill of traveling to the nations of the earth. As we traveled nation by nation, we've seen the power of God poured out upon multitudes of people. What an absolute joy it's been to stand and look out over 100,000 people and see waves of the glory of God coming upon them, to see the Spirit of the Lord come like a wave and people crashing under the power of God, healed and delivered and, and the most miraculous miracles happen. It's been the case year after year. Church and grounds and stadiums and football fields and the whole time God has shown up again and again and again, never letting us down. But you know, that's yesterday. Yesterday's gone. It's the future that counts right now. Our passion now is to step out and see the greatest move of the Spirit of God we've ever dreamed. To see the power of God poured out upon multitudes of people like never before. To see stadiums filled to capacity with people turned away. To see the greatest miracles we've ever seen. Wheelchairs emptied en masse and God demonstrating something in these coming years beyond anything that we've dreamed. I'm looking ahead. I had a prophecy recently that said this, Tim, what you've seen in 20 years, God is going to reproduce within the next three and greater. In the next three years, you'll see more, more numbers of people, greater miracles, greater signs 
and greater wonders than you've seen in the last 20 years. Believe with us as we set out now to touch nation after nation. Jesus said this, he said, I am able to do in your life exceedingly, abundantly beyond anything you could ask, think, dream, or even imagine because of the power that right now is at work within you. is our day. Fasten our seatbelts because we're entering into a season unlike anything in world history. I am excited. These are the greatest days. These are the days that we were born for. How many, how many people are hungry for the power of God? How many hungry for the anointing? Hungry for the presence of God? I... Uh, I hear people talk about people being good communicators. I want to be a good demonstrator. I want to be a good demonstrator. So I want to talk to you tonight really a little bit out of where I am at the moment. And uh, my wife and I, I turned 70 this year, just a young fella. Um, I tell you what, when, you, when you're sort of getting to 70, um, travelling is it's, it's crazy this year. We're going to Mozambique, we're going up into... That'll be about a quarter of a million people a night there. And then we're going up into northern Uganda with, among uh, a million refugees up there. And uh, we're back in Papua New Guinea for three crusades there and into the Philippines and, and over to Phnom Penh in Cambodia. And then um, I don't know how many trips into the States. And I think I've been at home in my own bed two nights in seven weeks. And uh, but God is good. Someone say God is good. But I want something. I want something from God. You know, people say, what motivates you to keep going? You've got to stay hungry. God's going to do something here tonight. If you dare to believe it, he will touch you profoundly. Late last year, Father, would you anoint the word now strongly? In Jesus' name. Late last year, my wife and I were very tired. I was weary. We had done crusades back to back in uh, Papua New Guinea, big crusades up there. And then we've been over to Vanuatu for the third year straight and then to the Philippines. And then from the Philippines, we had a big crusade in India, had the Hillsong London band with us and tens of thousands in those meetings. And by the time I got home, I said, Lord, I, I am, I'm just tired out and sick of traveling and sick of raising money for crusades, just tired. And, and uh, I felt the Lord speak to me. He took me into Revelation and he said, I want you to have a look there at the seven churches. And he took me to the church at Ephesus. And he began to speak to me step by step through there. He said, I know your works. And he said, you're working hard. I said, I've worked hard, all right. And he said, I know your patience. He said, I know you want the real thing. You don't want the plastic. And he said, but I've got something against you. I said, what's that? He said, you've lost that first love. You've lost that intimacy. You've lost the intimate place lost your first love he said I want you to come back into that place so I said to my wife Jack we're going to take Jackie we're going to take we're going to take three months I'm not going to go overseas for three months and I'm just going to get right into prayer every day 
And often I'll go away into the Flinders Ranges for 15 days, 20 days and just seek God. But I felt him say, take three months and get out every day with me and seek my face. And so every morning I'll go out to a mountain that's called Mount Macedon, about 30 k's out of Melbourne. And I go to a place called Sanitarium Lake, which is probably a suitable place for how I was feeling. And uh, I start to seek God. And he said to me, Tim, I don't want you just to come out here and pray. He said, I want you to consciously come here and step into the throne room. He said, I want you to come consciously into the throne room. He said, there's something I want you to catch. And uh, he talked to me from the scriptures. The Bible says, we have been quickened together with him, raised together with him and seated together with him. So if we understand tonight, we're seated with him in heavenly places tonight. Far above all rule, principality, power and dominion. He's in us, but we're in him. How many believe that? But then he says we have bold access into the throne room by the blood of Christ. And that's a conscious decision to come into that holiest of all place with him, the place where eternal transactions are made, into the place where the Father turned to the Son and said, let's make a universe. And he said, I want you to spend your time consciously coming in because what's in there, you're going to catch on your life. And I love the power and the presence of God. I love the demonstration of the Spirit. We've seen remarkable things now for 43 years, but I'm not satisfied. Anyone not satisfied? Who's not satisfied? I mean, who really in your heart says there's so much more? The world right now is, is chaotic mess. I was just in California. Have ever you've been in a place that's becoming anti-Christ? And we've got this uh, cultural Marxism. Another word for that is uh, political correctness. But it's cultural Marxism. It's actually established back in 1923 in Frankfurt, Germany. And it's propagated. And the aim is to deconstruct the foundations of Christian society. Christianity is in the gun. California, they're talking about banning the Bible as a hate book, banning it and not being able to sell it. There's stuff happening fast. Stuff is happening quicker, quicker, quicker. The world, but I feel that God, I felt the Lord say, I'm looking for people that are going to come into the throne room with me and catch a dimension of power they've never touched before because I'm ready to distribute things by the Spirit of God that people haven't touched before. New things. He began to speak to me about the throne room. And I, I've always loved the, the scriptures. I've loved in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. The description there. And Ezekiel was by the river Chebar and the Bible says when he was there, suddenly he looked up and there was a cloud coming out of the north and in the cloud there was fire and out of the fire flashed lightning and then he saw the throne in the midst and from the waist down, Jesus was burning bronze and uh, it was a place of fire, tremendous fire. And, and then Daniel describes out from under the throne is liquid fire flowing. And, and uh, then we get the great description in the book of Revelation where God said to John, come up here and see, I want you to come and see. And he took him up into the throne room. And I began to look at all of the things that are in the throne room that I want in my life. Began to look at every aspect of the throne room. 
And, you know, we're not going in there to catch stuff. We're in there to embrace with him. We're not after things. People hunger for power. We're not hungering for power. We're hungering for him. You know, I was fasting years ago and seeking God and trying to get a hold of the power of God. And the Lord said to me, go to Simon the sorcerer. And the Lord said, Simon the sorcerer wanted to buy the power with money. And the Lord said, what's the difference between buying it with money or food? And he said, you've got to seek me, it's about me. And so I began to look at the throne room and here's some of the things that stir me up about the throne room and then we're going to pray for people tonight. Something's going to happen. If you're sick in your body, there's people going to be healed tonight. How many, many people are going to get miraculously healed tonight in Jesus' name. But I began to look at the throne room and it is the holiest place on earth. It's the holiest place and it's the most influential place in the universe. And it's not entered with dirty hands. We see so much compromise in the church today. Well, I'm not gonna be able to walk into the holy place, into the, into the throne room, room if I'm not clean. I think there's some things missing in the body of Christ today and that one of them is holiness and the other is with the raw power. And so it's a place of holiness. In fact, it's so holy that the seraphim fly around in there and the Bible says they have six wings. With two, they shield their eyes because I guess they can't look at the glory that's there. But you and I can. We can gaze into his glory. We can gaze into the glory of God, but they shield their eyes. The Bible says with two wings, they cover their feet. Maybe it's because they can't land in the liquid fire of the throne room. But they fly around, they flash around. They've been doing it for eternity, crying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And uh, we, we have access into that place of holiness and power and fire. I want to catch the fire of God greater than before. We've seen things over the years. I remember going into Bougainville a few years ago during the ceasefire. We had an invitation. They said, would you come into Bougainville? And uh, I said, well, what's happening? They said, there's been war for 20 years, but there's now a ceasefire of maybe two weeks. Would you come in? I said, well, what's it like? They said, we've got no idea. But when we got in there, the, uh, the place had been shot up. There'd been horrendous things happening. The rooms we were in, there was no running water, no electricity, bullet holes through the walls. And uh, we went down to a place called Buin. And when we got down there, there was military guys, uh, New Guinea guys all over the place, military. And we went down there to start a crusade. And uh, we went out and there was a primitive platform and an old sound system that with the amplifier you had to fan to stop it catching fire and I thought I better step up on the platform see if it'll hold me and it's not it's not good to be up there preaching and and Jesus said and you vanish through <laughs> it's not ideal but I was testing the platform and walking around and one of the military guys one of the top ranking military guys came and he he spoke to me he said you know uh, you guys are not holding a meeting here tonight. I said, why is that? He said, the security vehicle was stolen here at gunpoint and until we get it back, you're not holding a meeting. 
And I thought, this isn't good. Then I felt the Spirit of God come on me. And I said, no, that's not the case. Sir, that is not the case. You're backslidden and so are your men. I said, we're going to rope off this section on the left-hand side and uh, you bring your men tonight. They all need Jesus. We'll set that area up for you. Make sure they're there tonight. We'll be moving ahead with the meeting. And he said, okay, pastor. And they came and they all got saved. The whole lot got saved. Well, we finished up out in Revolutionary Army villages with cars full of bullet holes and we travelled around the country. Then we went up to a place called Booker. And they said, before we do the crusade in Booker, would you come out to uh, a Revolutionary Army village with us? So I said, sure. And so we went out to this village we, by boat. I thought the boat was going to sink. I was up near the back and there wasn't much distance between the water. And uh, we went out to this village and I, I, uh, I don't fluently speak in pidgin, but I can communicate. But there was, I guess there was six or 800 people in the, had come to hear us in the village. And the Lord said, I want you to preach in pidgin. So I got up and I said, uh, good night, all get This night, God am strong to us. By him come, uh, big blood fire, cook him strong, long bell belong you. And, and I just repeated myself a lot of times and threw a few words in and, and just kept going. And next thing I looked up and half the village had come down to get saved. And the Lord said, I want you to wave your hand over them. And I said, all right, put him up, hand belong you. In the name belong Jesus. And the whole village went out under the power of God. The guy that was my interpreter looked at me and said, we're never going to forget this. A couple of nights later, we were in Booker, about 10,000 people. And, and God said, I'm going to do something tonight. I'm going to shock you tonight. How many, how many want to be shocked by the power of God? I want, to be, I want to be shocked by the power. I want to be shocked by the... The other night in America, we had a little kid that I'm off the track. He'd had a stroke at seven years of age and he, his little hand was twisted up like this and the power of God just came on him a few nights ago. And so stuff like that can happen here. Does anyone believe that? Anyone believe something's going to happen? Who's going to dare to believe God? I'm not going to preach long. Just stir your faith. You're just getting to know me. I'm just... I forgot what I was telling you. I think it was probably all right. So there's about 10,000 people there. And uh, the Lord said, I want you to do what you did the other night. I just want you to wave your hand. So I said, put them up, hand belong you. They lifted their hands and in Jesus' name. From front to back, 10,000 people just went out under the power of God, getting delivered and touched. I want to carry the fire of God. How many want to carry the fire of God? I mean... If we spend time in the throne room, we'll catch fire. You can't help it. If you hang around hot people, you catch it. If you hang around dead, grisly mongrels, you catch it. You catch it. If you hang around dogs, you get fleas. Let me know that. You pick up fleas. You don't want fleas. Choose who you hang out with. We hang out with Jesus and spend time with him, we'll catch. We get in the throne room, we'll catch what's in there. We'll catch what's on him. We'll catch who he is. We'll catch him. You know, the throne room, I'm going to move quickly here. We go into the throne room and the Bible says there, there's thunderings and there's lightnings. And the Lord, the Lord began to speak to me. I was thinking about um, George Whitfield. George Whitfield, he used to say, I thunder for God. Don't you think it's time that Across our nations, our leaders step up, all of our leaders step up into a place where instead of just strong words of direction, there comes a thundering. 
I think it's time for a thundering and the lightnings of God. Does anyone want to catch the lightnings of God? I mean, is there anyone hungry to catch the, the supernatural lightnings of God? My Bible says, John the Baptist, they came to John and they said, John, are you the one? He said, no, there's one coming after me so much more powerful than I. I'm not even worthy to get down and lace up his shoes. He will baptise you with the Holy Ghost and lightning fire and lightning fire. Um, I, I love the fact that the throne room's full of lightnings. I want to carry the lightnings of God. I want them to flash out of my hands. I want them to flash into a cancer. Now, I, I was trying to work it out scientifically how lightning works. Most people haven't got a clue, so I can make stuff up and tell you. But basically, <laughs> from what I understand of lightning, it actually comes from the ground up. Is that correct, sir? Are you a scientist? How'd you know that then? You've read it. YouTube. <laughs> oh, well done, well done. But it goes from positive to negative. So the more time we spend in the secret place with him, hungering, I'm getting, on a, getting into it now. Starting to get into it now. It's starting to warm up. A bit of a slow start. I was checking the throat. I thought, I just can't. I can't start roaring. I was nursing it, Steve. Now uh, it seems to be handling it, right? Now I can start to get a bit of a roll on. So we get full of positives. And then we get into the presence of people that have got the negatives of cancer. Or the negatives of Blood disorders. Man, I feel the healing presence of God here. How many feel the touch of God? I'm starting to feel something here. The lightnings of God. I love what John G. Lake. John G. Lake's one of my... Anyone, who's heard of John G. Lake? Three. Who's heard of Swan Lake? Well, you need to have heard of John G. Lake. John G. Lake's a legend. A legend, isn't he? Well, you know all about him. You're a walking encyclopedia, sir. What is your name? What is it? Tom. If you change one letter, you've got it right. Tim. It's your mother's name. Oh, your brother. No, your mother... There's always one in the crowd, isn't there? There's always one. There's always one there, Steve. I came here tonight and I thought, I've got to behave myself after the mess my son's made here. His behaviour, I thought, I've got to show that there's some seriousness in the family, but that's gone about 10 minutes ago. Didn't take long. I mean, I started quite boringly, really. I was boring myself. What was I up to, Brothers Encyclopedia? <laughs> Lightnings, yeah, exactly. Let me ask you a question. How hot? How hot is a, is a bolt of lightning? 48,623 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit, one of the two. Which one is it? <laughs> 48,000 and something. That's hot. That's five times the heat of the sun. 
One bolt of lightning has got enough power, Steve, to lift a family car 62 miles. You didn't know that. <laughs> got to help you with it. Got to help you. <laughs> Couple of hours, we'll have this organised here. <laughs> lightning. John G. Lake. He, he would pray this way. Lord, let the lightning fires of God flash and burn that thing out. Burn it out. He made a statement. He said, you talk about voltage of heaven. He said, why? There is lightning in the soul of Jesus. The lightning of Jesus heals men by its flash. Sin dissolves. Disease and demons flee when the lightnings of God flash and approach. John G. Lake came into a meeting one night. And there was a guy with a big typhoid saw, great big, horrible typhoid saw. Lifted up his shirt. John G. Lake slapped his hand on this great big thing. And he said, in the name of Jesus, burn it out by the lightnings of God. And it vanished. And they came back and they, two days later they said, it's gone, completely gone. But we can't explain a painless burn mark a quarter of an inch deep, the exact shape of your hand. See, we have authority here tonight to lay hands on people and have the lightnings of God flash into them. We got authority tonight. I've really been conscious of someone over here with fibromyalgia. Who is that? Fibromyalgia, who has that tonight? Fibromyalgia, who is, who's got that? You have that? Yes? Would you come? Do you suffer in your shoulders? You do. Come up here. What's, what, has something happened to your back as well? Have you got some back pain? Migraines as well. Lift your hands to God. Are you in pain right now? A little. Shall we get rid of it? Just please. Shall we? Father, power from heaven right through you. Break the power of that thing right now. Right now. Right now. There's, a, there's the anointing. There it is. God, right through you. Right through you. Right through you. Right through your body. Jesus. 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 Just move that around a little. Greatest thing we can be is hungry. Hungry for the anointing. Hungry. How many people suffer with food allergies? Um, gluten. Who's got gluten allergy? Just come, if you gluten, uh, just come. Whatever your allergies, just come. Come up here. Come up here now. Just come. Just come right up. Come, come up on here. Is that all right? Can we do that? Come up here. Come up here. Who has diverticulitis? You suffer with diverticulitis. Would you come? Would you come? Just come. Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Someone with damage 
in the lower part of your back and you have sciatic pain, a lot of sciatic pain. Who is that? Would you come? Would you come? That's it. Don't wait, just come. Just come. Put your hands up, folks. How many have got a shoulder that you really struggle to lift, maybe a frozen shoulder? How many have got a shoulder? Would you come? 
you got a frozen, just come and stand along here. Everyone just lift your hands, reach out, say, Father, let your healing power go through this place. Let your healing power go through this place. Just show us that what's wrong with us. I'm going to pray for everyone that's come up. Which, what's the problem here? Pain in the bed. Pain in the bed. Go! Two years, let's get rid of it right now. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. 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 
damaged their neck and you have real, di real difficulty turning it one way. You do. And your shoulder as well.
not shoulders of it tonight, it's shoulders. What's wrong with your shoulders, sir? Drilling overhead. How long have you had it? Would you like to get rid of it? Is tonight a good night to get rid of it? It's a good night. Father, right, right. Now! Now! So you need a healing in your kidneys. You ready to receive it? It's what we're here for now. Okay, sister, what's wrong? What's wrong? 
are you feeling? You're healed. disc. That's not hard to get fixed. That's easy. Who we miss up here? How's the year? Any change? What have you done? can't bend, can you, very well? Yeah. Are you ready? Well, you and I have got faith, have we, to believe? That's it in your eyes, just in mine. All right, two agree. Right now. Jesus, name every trace of this thing. Go! you got spinal trouble, come here right now. Someone's got a, the rotor of their hip and the ball of your hip, you need a miracle in your hip. Who's that? Who's that? Would you come? Would you come? Now, just start to move it, sister, and tell me how we're doing. Keep reaching out. Keep reaching out. Just relax and take it. Just enjoy it. Just let God work. Let him work. What do you need?
he's over here. Come here. Well, the day's not over. The day's not over. We refuse this thing. We refuse this thing. So you said, you want to grab the seat there and just say, you don't need that service. Loose! Come on, the power of God. Who wants to repent? Don't get in. Don't get in. Don't get in. What's wrong, sir? Come up here. What's wrong? Actually, you don't need that. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. My God. Power! Come up this way. What's your name? Good to see you, Amy. Yes, ma'am. Go! What's wrong, man? Are we okay for time? What's wrong? Sorry? Come up here. We had a night in the Solomons. No, not the Solomons, Vanuatu. We lied 35 deaf and some mutes, every one of them hearing him speak. Everyone. What's wrong, ladies? Sorry? Arthritis in your spine. Would you know if you healed? Better come up. What's wrong, man? Herniation of your brain. You can't get that lifting. How did you get that? Come on up. What's wrong, sir? Back. What'd you do? Come up, come up. Have we met before? What's wrong? You ready for a miracle? 